When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to another episode of MLS UK Show Stubbish Time. Once again, I'm Henry Hewitt and as always, I'm joined by... Elliot Holman. I'm still Elliot Holman. Um, and we need to mention actually because a few people may be uh, maybe looking at this and going they're always doing it on zoom nowadays either henry's in spain or you know they're, they're always on zoom we want them back in the studio as we discovered last week the world famous mls uk show studio uh, we will be back in the studio next week uh, it's just we've been very busy the pair of us and this is the easiest way we can do it rather than like driving all the way an hour and a half to get to the studio for me. And then I know you, Elliot, you're a bit conscious then of me not just coming for an hour and then leaving. You're like trying to be hospitable. Like, do you want a drink? Do you want to just have a chat about something? Do you want to do anything? So it doesn't mean you're just there for an hour. Uh, no, we will be next week. Yeah. Uh, Henry's actually bothered to be in the country for this one, which is, uh, is progress. So um, we'll, we'll keep everything crossed for next week. Yeah, well, Bolton are playing at Wembley on Sunday, so I'm definitely going to be in the country this week. Next week, when we uh, perhaps lose, maybe a different story. But uh, for now, I uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to be in England, and I'll be at London uh, on Sunday. But we're not here to talk about Bolton Wanderers as much as I'd love to, or Norwich City, as uh, perhaps Elliot wouldn't want to at the moment. Uh, we're here to talk about MLS. Another exciting weekend of MLS, even though it was depleted by international call-ups. Now, as an Atlanta fan, I will be using the excuse that uh, it was a bit of a, a, a fake weekend. We can't look at the results too much. Uh, I think we should just brush over it. And uh, you as an Orlando fan, I'm sure, can appreciate that, Elliot. You, yeah, how many players did you have missing in Atlanta? Um, we we a bit understaffed, were you? I think as long as Almeida's play, not playing, then uh, we have an excuse. Ah, uh, yeah, Almeida wasn't there, so the whole team was missing. <laughs> the one-man team were, were depleted. Um, mate, I, you don't you don't need players. You don't even need your goalkeeper, one of the best goalkeepers in the league. You don't need them. You just go to Philly. You just you just get the result, mate. You grind it out. All right, well, so they haven't lost at home since the end of like, October 2021. It doesn't matter. Just go and get the result. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. When I was, uh, I got it to 2 0, and he went to 2 1, and then I was like, I'm so tired, I'm going to have to go to bed. And I did think in my head, because Atlanta were losing at that point. And genuinely, this was the confidence I had in Atlanta and the lack of confidence I had in uh, Orlando. I was like, well, I'll wake up, it'll be fine. Atlanta will get a draw, and Philly will end up winning somehow. Woke up, and uh, yeah, it's safe to say that wasn't the case. I, I'll admit, I had backed Philly to win that game just because no one goes to Philly and gets a result, especially with players missing. No Torres, no Halese. Um, so, yeah, but I was I was very happy to lose that bet, I'll be honest. 
Um, so as you know, if you are a regular viewer or listener to our Stoppage Time episodes, we normally go through the three or four biggest stories in MLS. We're going to go through two of them later on. But first, um, rather than discuss the matches this weekend, I think uh, what we should do, because um, you know there's a few teams that we perhaps haven't talked about as much as others so far this season. So I think it's a, a great juncture in the league to talk about some of those teams. Um, I'm going to be honest, a few of those teams, it's probably going to be negatively we're going to be talking about them. <laughs> but we have got one positive one at the end of this section. So let's discuss some teams in MLS, their starts to the season and how we think they're going to do for the rest of the season. Um, I think we should start with uh, sports in Kansas City. Uh, they got heavily beaten by Seattle 4-1 at the weekend. Um, it's not been the great start, has it, for, for SKC? We hoped that they might get back to... A good season, playoffs after last season's disappointment, and it uh, it doesn't look like it's going to be the case at the moment, does it? Yeah, had a lot of uh, had a lot of away games, but haven't really taken much from them, of course. Um, and they're already in a period of you know from last season where the, the the pressure's on ultimately because they need to recover. We're we're so used to seeing um, teams bounce back. Um, you know, teams that had a poor season, you know, the Portland, Seattle last season, um, certainly uh, you would include SKC in that. And you just kind of think, oh, things will be different this year. Um, and we're, we're, we're yet to see it. And I, I saw some very despondent SKC fans as well on Twitter just saying, it'll be our day one day. But it's not right now, definitely. Yeah, exactly. Two goals in five games have scored. And to be honest, before this weekend, they hadn't conceded many either. They drew a few matches nil-nil, um, lost 1-0 at Portland, and then uh, narrowly beaten by Dallas uh, last weekend. So, um, yeah, it, they were keeping it tight. They were just coming out on the wrong end of results or not quite getting it over the line to get wins. This one must have been a massive disappointment because the thing we were joked before about players being away for international duty SKC picked the same team that lost at Dallas. So whether that was the right decision or not, it still means that that main core of their team were available. And yeah, after going one nil up, it just, it just fell apart from there. Um, I mean, what is the, the way for SKC to get back to, to farm? Am I being too complimentary? Am I being too positive? Was it just a case that they were just not quite finding the way to win games? Or is there a bigger problem there? need to take their chances I, I i'm just i'm just examining this now i mean they have some of the best uh, at home they have some of the best xg data in mls and they're averaging half a goal a game uh, at home and 0.3 goals per game away you know finish the chances they're, they're clearly creating chances having good really strong opportunities where they're expected to score and it's not happening so that jumps off the page to me. It's quite an easy thing to look at, admittedly, with, with stats. It's easy to look at a high XG and a low goal, you know, low goal count and say, you're not scoring. But it's as simple as that, ultimately. It jumps off the page at you, you know, some of the best XG and some of the lowest goals scored. So um, got got to fix that. It could, but that's something that could come, it's something that could come good for them. But played 5-1 none. It's a bit worrying. Yeah, exactly. And uh, another worry for me, watching that game at the weekend, where Ben Sweat got sent off for a second uh, second bookable offence, which, I mean, the, the, the second booking, he, he just purposely ran into the Seattle player. I think it just shows a lack of discipline. You know, I know you can get frustrated, especially when you go, you know, you're winning and your team goes 2-1 down, 3-1 down, 4-1 down. 
But that, for me, for a player of that experience, that lack of discipline, and now he's going to be missing for the next game, I just think it was really poor. And I think that would frustrate me the most if I was a CEO, um, Sporting Kansas City fan. Yeah, I mean, Ben Sweat obviously you know, conceded five goals, uh, played five games, conceded five goals, already got uh, two yellows and a red card. It's not been the dream start. I wasn't impressed with him, I have to say, in, in the game I watched of SKC last week as well. I thought he really struggled. So, yeah, uh, difficult moments, but it's how they respond right now because you know you can look at the you can look at the MLS. I know we're going to touch on some other teams. You can you can look at the MLS uh, standings right now and say, well, there's a lot of teams down the bottom that really need to start responding. Um, but SKC for me are the ones that maybe had the most potential. Yeah, exactly. Um, just a bit further up in the West is Portland. Now Portland find themselves in ninth, which is still technically a playoff place. It gets them in that sort of playoff playoff situation. Um, but uh, having watched them on Saturday against LA Galaxy, a team, LA Galaxy, who was struggling and who were under pressure, I just thought I was very disappointed by Portland. They were at home. It ended nil-nil. And I saw the stats at half time, and I think Portland had like 25% possession. This isn't what we expect from Portland. We expect Portland to have more of the ball, especially at home, create chances. And yeah, they had a chance right at the end. But for me... I don't know. I, if, if it was me against the LA Galaxy team who were struggling, you'd have put more pressure on them. And I just don't think they did it. It was very poor for me. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think the first game um, when you know, they played at home, they got the result and we thought, OK, yeah, Portland are here. You know, they played some really nice, um, really nice possession based football Um I think I mentioned on the podcast, actually, in the first week, they were playing possession football on the edge of their box, pinging it around and you sort of thought okay that's a bit risky um do that higher up it was missing higher up the field and it, it turns out that that was actually a bang <laughs> observation was bang on because now they're, they're really struggling um two away games two losses we don't tend to worry too much about that in mls i know that's bizarre if you're new to the league you don't tend to win away it doesn't happen very often um unless you're orlando and philadelphia of course <clears throat> anyway sorry i got distracted um Home form, you know, won one, drawn one, lost one. That needs to be better from Portland. They're a team like SKC that need to bounce back this year. So, yeah, uh, LA, just to touch on LA Galaxy as well, they're another team like SKC creating loads of chances, having loads of the ball, not turning that necessarily into results either. So, um, yeah, there's a few few teams in the West that are, that are struggling, bizarrely almost. Yeah, um, we do expect more from Portland. It is... I get what you mean there. It is a bit bizarre. I mean, Portland, if you look at their, their matches so far, they've had a they've had a tough start. LA Galaxy at the weekend. Before that, Atlanta away. You know, they've played LAFC away as well. They've played a St. Louis side who is very unpredictable and who won again at the weekend. So it's five and five. Um, so they have had a tough start. So ninth is not the end of the world for them. But yeah, I just think I'd expect more from Portland. I think there were a few disgruntled voices in the crowd as well. Um, so we'll wait and see how they do in the next few weeks, see if they can push on, because uh, they have the players too, you know, the new striker, and uh, yeah, I'm very uh, excited to see how they do on the whole, but um, for now, I'd, I'd probably expect a bit more from them. Um, a team who find themselves bottom of the East, and I don't know whether we expected more from them or whether we expected that this year would be a transition season, is Montreal. Now, Montreal didn't play at the weekend. They won the weekend before against Philadelphia. Very eventful game, which they won 3-2. 
Now, they are bottom. They've only got three points. They have played their first three games away from home now. So you wanted to talk about these. What do you want to say? Yeah, well, I, I, I kind of feel, I feel for Montreal a little bit because... I want to take you back a couple of years when when Thierry Henry was in charge and everything, you know, everything looked quite positive. Um, there was a viral clip of uh, him giving a team talk, if you remember, and um, everyone was just saying how how fantastic it was. And I, I he obviously decided because of uh, COVID, you know, it was really tough for him. He's decided to return home. They replaced him with a, an absolutely uh, exceptional appointment, which was going really well, and and now I just I feel like it's another restart. There's been too many of these, so um, you know whether it's not playing uh, uh, Stad Saputo, not having a, a coach that's sort of been ingrained in the team, not not having a run of games at home. I, if, you know I, they were playing at the Olympic Stadium, for example, when when they got their got their win at home. I just just feel like we're we're still waiting to see a little bit more from Montreal, and and I don't want to write them off too soon, which is why I kind of wanted to jump in and um and, and just give them a mention because I think we we need another five or six weeks to really get a measure of this Montreal side. Whereas some of the other teams, you know, they've played maybe two or three home games, two or three away games, and and we're really starting to see some trends. Montreal, there's still time, maybe. Maybe. Uh, yeah, they have played the first three games away from home. They scored the first goal in that 3-2 win against Philadelphia, so there's at least something. Um, but yeah, I think this is the thing. Montreal, have got, I think they've they've shown, they've got, they've kind of got the foundations there to really push on and make the playoffs and be sort of an underdog amongst all the, the bigger names in the league and the teams that you'd naturally put at the top of the, uh, the, the sort of betting odds to win MLS Cup. Um, just a side note on that, I noticed that half-time in the um, the Portland-LA Galaxy game at the weekend, they were going through the latest odds for MLS Cup, and Seattle were nowhere to be seen. In fact, Warren Barton had to say, Seattle aren't on there, but I think they could do something. Um, I, I mean, we're just going off, off from Montreal here, but are you surprised by that? Do you think Seattle are being overlooked? I'll be honest with you, I think the odds are a load of rubbish at this stage. <laughs> Um, th- there's there's some awful uh, anomalies in in some of the odds. I think uh, some teams were heavily underestimated um, before a ball was kicked. Some were heavily overestimated before a ball was kicked. Uh, Atlanta, one of the ones that were underestimated, by the way. Um, and and now we're starting to see you know teams. I, I can only presume they're just waiting to update the odds until there's been more games because I'm looking at them thinking, what is going on here? <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it is crazy. We we will go through the odds every now and again and look, and uh, you know, I, I don't think it's even because in this country you can look at the odds and kind of excuse uh, the bookmakers because you think, well, do they really know MLS? Are we just going off the bigger names and whatever? But and it is an unpredictable league. But these were Vegas odds, I think, so you'd expect them to know a little bit more about MLS. But um, a team who were quite high up in the odds last season and dropped down this season after last year. Uh, but but possibly be rising up again is New England Revolution. They find themselves top of the East. They've won four out of five, and uh, they won again the weekend coming from behind against DC. Uh, have they impressed you so far? Yeah, and it's solid, isn't it? We're talking about home form and away form. Uh, it's your home form that's going to get you into the playoffs. It's going to get you that supporter shield if you're really pushing for it. Played to one two, 
scored four, not conceded as well, which is the really impressive uh, thing for New England Revolution at home. Um, and, you know, even away, getting a, getting a good grasp on, um, you know, obviously played two, uh, three away games, uh, one, two of those as well, which for me, I just think is an exceptional start. Nobody really is is anywhere near that in terms of um, the, the start they've made this season. You know, um, all jokes aside about Philly, you know, the, it, there's been a couple of surprising results from from Philly this season. LAFC, uh, of course, you know, not steamrolling like we're, we're used to seeing. So New England Revolution are back. And, uh, and uh, you know, when you look at the underlying stats, not just those wins, the, the underlying stats really, really do point to a positive season for them. So there we go. That was us looking through four slash five. If you count Seattle's starts to the season, we'll be looking at more teams throughout the next few weeks on the MLS UK show. Um, right. Let's have a look at some of the other uh, trending topics in MLS uh, over the last seven days. This first one really intrigued me. We we talk about Lionel Messi potentially coming to MLS every single oh. stoppage time episode, it feels like. Until he comes, that's going to be the case. And then after that, it'll be just be talking about him being here. But this news story is brought this week, which is really fascinating. I want to get your opinion on it as a supporter of potentially a team who would be the rival team to the team that he's going to be playing again, uh, playing for. Um, apparently, every single MLS team could be pitching in to uh, to pay a bit of his wages. Um, this is a very MLS. You know, MLS is probably the only league that that would even think about this. Um, what do you think? Ridiculous. MLS gonna MLS for every everything they give us that's good. All of a sudden, you know, they pop up with a new playoff format and, oh, we're going to bring a player, give him to Miami, but you all have to pay for it. Just ridiculous. Um, if MLS want Messi and it's going to take some bending of the rules, I, I, I kind of kind of don't mind it, as ridiculous as that sounds. But I think when, you, when you're then having to get everyone to pay for it, when you know, Don Garber's charging millions and millions and millions to these teams to join the league you got the money you don't need to take it away from uh existing teams they're already so constrained by the roster rules it just seems really bizarre but mls does mls things yeah i, I can understand it i can understand it the league are obviously desperate to get messi in here and I, I can i can totally get that and i'm desperate for messi to play in mls as well but I just feel that, you know, where does it end? You know, if you've got the t every team putting towards Messi's wages, you know, like, where is it going to end? Is it going to be if, if say, does play for Inter Miami, if Inter Miami go to MLS Cup, is it going to be like, well, we kind of need a photo of Messi lifting the trophy? You know, like, where is it going to end? Is it going to be ethically uh, disrupt the league and disrupt um, the the ethics of the league and, and how teams are doing? I don't know, but... Um, yeah, I mean, for me personally, if it means Messi, Messi coming, then fair dues. I would rather, I don't know, I'd rather them do something like the Beckham rule, you know, when he came over, make a change in the actual rules rather than get everyone to play, uh, sorry, pay, uh, just do, um, I don't know, change the rules that allow you to have one of these plays or allow, uh, I don't know, the league to pay a, a large percentage towards a player's wages or get Apple to do it. You know, he's going to be having Apple's logo on his arm. He's going to be, um, you know, selling more season passes. Why don't you just get Apple to pay for it? I don't know. Um, you know, we can say this. I'm sure there's people in the States and Canada who may look on and go, well, this is normal. This is what would happen in, 
NBA if there was a superstar in another league, which I know wouldn't be the case because there's no other big leagues and any other sports. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it was a fascinating article to read, actually, and something that I can see happening. Uh, whether we agree with it, I'm not too sure. Uh, right, the next story is, and this is, uh, for me, a bit of a concerning one for MLS, actually. So uh, it was the internationals this weekend. Uh, US beat El Salvador on Monday evening 1-0. Before that, they beat uh, Grenada. And it was the first time a competitive US squad has not featured an MLS player it was mainly through uh, Premier League and Bundesliga stars. I know more players are going over to Europe now from the States, but is this concerning for you? If you look at the the unders, 21s, 19s, 17s, 16s, it's full of uh, players from America, playing in America, playing for America. This stat, the stat that you've just brought to the show is just baiting me into repeating you know the the same thing that i've said for the last year we're letting these players go too early too soon yes alfonso davis was incredible and yes he's at that level but how many of these players go to europe they don't play they don't play they don't feature they're looking desperate to be loaned back it's it just highlights that we're sending these players away Far too, far too soon. The league, if the league's big enough to have Messi in one breath, then it's big enough to have somebody like Weston McKenney. You know, Chris Mueller left and came back. That that was ridiculous. Matt Turner sits on the bench for Arsenal every week. Um, I, I'm really, I don't. It, you could go on, Pepe. Like, unless they are playing regularly, it's not worked out. So what was the point of it? And and I think. MLS need to work with US soccer on on that to to kind of make they've done so well to 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 develop these players but now they need to take that next step to enable them to keep them for at least another 2 or 3 years I just I really I really think it's a it's an eye opening stat that needs needs action yeah, I mean, Miles Robinson of Atlanta did get, uh, he did play against El Salvador, so it was just a one-off. But even that shows that in the squad itself, a 23-man squad, it was not nearly enough MLS players. I mean, you know, it's it's difficult for us because we're talking as England supporters. And as everyone knows, the vast majority of England squads for as my lifetime, let alone anyone else's, you know, have always been players who have been playing in England. Like at the moment, you look and it's Jude Bellingham. He's probably the only one, I may be wrong with that, but he might be the only one who's in the team and in the squad who doesn't play in the Premier League. Um, you know, obviously there's a, you know, a case for that, um, you know, that, that uh, Arsenal youth player who's on loan at Reims, who, uh, you know, he seems to be holidaying in Orlando conveniently at the moment, um, you know, where... You look again and think, well, should England be looking further afield? Should they be getting these players who are playing abroad back into the squad? But, um, you know, I think for the US side kind of point of view, it's, it's, it's two ways of looking at it. You can look at it and go, brilliant, all these players are now playing in the top leagues in Europe, or at least in the squads. But then at the same time, you think, well, are they playing enough? You know, are they getting that competitive action? Like Matt Turner is a great goalkeeper, is he played once or twice for Arsenal? You know, like the first time I saw him kick a ball in months was when he did his uh, gender reveal on the pitch on Monday night. So, 
Um, you know, should he be looking and thinking, you know, should I be moving and playing for a team more? You look at Zach Stefan, who went to Man City and now he's playing at Middlesbrough, but he's probably not going to go back to Man City and it's not worked out for him there. So you can look at it both ways. I'm sure US fans will be happy that they're, uh, their players are playing in Europe. But at the same time, I think, I don't know, I do miss that sort of MLS feel to it. You know, the, the people who are playing in America regularly, they have that sort of homegrown feel a bit more. I don't know. If, Ed, I'm fascinated to know if there's any, um, you know, US men's national team fans, which I know they are, who listen to this podcast, let us know. Speak to us in the comments on YouTube. Uh, tweet us at MLS UK show. What do you think? Are you happy for this? Do you not care? Or are you a bit concerned that there isn't as many MLS players in the US team. I suppose if the US do well in the World Cup, it won't matter one bit, will it, Elliot? I, I just, I also think when we're talking about that Messi money, I, I would prefer the team, if teams are having to put money forward, I would prefer it to go into some scheme that enables MLS to be one of those elite leagues, you know, to, to keep these players. You know, you say they probably think it's great that all their players play in Europe and the Premier League, but MLS could be that if they held on to them it's 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 kind of cutting off your nose to spite your face that if they actually use that money wisely they could keep these players so um personally as i love messi he's the you know, he's my favorite player ever i think he's incredible uh, if everyone's having to chip in to to get him to play in mls i'd rather that money be spent on on developing the league and making sure things like this don't happen again well we'll have to watch this space over the next few years and see hopefully if we can bring some of those US players back to MLS and they can flourish in the league that is Major League Soccer. Uh, right, that's almost it from us for this uh, episode of Stoppish Time. A big shout out to our sponsors, Soccer90.com, um, who's continued to support the podcast and we're very grateful to them. Uh, if you want 20% off on their website, uh, go to Soccer90.com and when you've chosen what you, you, what you want, whether it be international shirts, whether it be Premier League uh, soccer shirts, MLS shirts, other shirts around Europe, if in the checkout you type in uh, the discount code MLSUK, you get 20% off. Yeah, make sure you go and check them out. Uh, I've seen a lot, of, uh, a lot of fans in the UK with their MLS shirts arriving this week and they're all doing lovely posts and some of them are so, so amazing. Such good shirts this year. So uh, yeah, Soccer90.com, go and check them out. Yeah, and if you want to hear our views on each shirt, well, not ours, but my wife Poppy's, then uh, go back and listen to or watch on YouTube our first episode of this series, uh, our MLS uh, 2023 preview show where she goes through and gives her a unique opinion on each of the new MLS jerseys. Uh, right, if you have enjoyed this episode or any other episode of the MLS UK show and you're listening on your podcast provider, don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to leave us a rating. We really appreciate it. But Elliot, there's one rule and one rule only. Five stars only. LA Galaxy style. If you're watching on YouTube, um, please give us a like. Please uh, click the notification bell. And also, please subscribe. If you don't subscribe to us, which there's quite a few people who watch the episodes but don't subscribe, please subscribe. We really need you to subscribe. We have got 980 subscribers as Ooh. we speak. And I'm, I think I think people know us well enough now, Elliot, for us to be honest with them. And we can't start earning money. And I don't mean big money. This would be small amounts of money. But we can't start earning money from YouTube until we have a thousand subscribers. So we are really close. Uh, our watch hours are close as well. So when you subscribe, just leave it on in the background. Just watch every single episode. Just keep it going. Let them hours roll up. 
but that would really help us out and help us grow the podcast. So we'd really appreciate that. Uh, so yeah, don't forget to subscribe, get us over a thousand and, uh, and yeah, we can then maybe officially call ourselves YouTubers, Elliot. I think we're a long way from that, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I think we're better people than that as well. <laughs> It's true. Um, we're TikTokers. We're on TikTok at MLS UK Show. I think we're way better than that as well. Yeah. Um, although I did notice one of the comments on one of our videos on TikTok this week was like, because of our English accents talking about MLS, the guy was like, I can't decide whether they're, uh, you know, whether they're being serious or not, or whether this is a, you know, this is a um, a con. I don't know. No, we are serious. We do love MLS and uh, we love talking about it. Rare, rarely that we uh, are serious, but um, we try our best. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Uh, right, I've been Henry Hewitt. And I've been Elliot Holman. We'll catch you next time. See ya. Sports Social Podcast Network.